Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. This is Boardcast News for February 9th. Joining me on the cast today, my one and only weeknight casting co-host, Miss Tiffany B. Hello. All right, everyone. So thank you all for joining us again. In case you were wondering where to find us or who we were, you can always do so on facebook.com slash the League of Nonsensical Gamers. Head on over to YouTube and check out our awesome live coverage, live shows, and uh, some of Tiff's wonderfully made board game segments that she is now receiving compliments on and the more you compliment her the more she will make it she actually runs on positive praise thanks eric eric's the one (laughs) the one guy that watches my videos thanks buddy they are fantastic you should definitely do more tiff once life settles down i'm working on it uh you can also join us on bgg guild number 2077 Join the conversation, and you can uh, get yourself a little little Meeple Shield micro badge if you're feeling it. You can also find us on places like Twitter and Instagram. So, in case you didn't realize, it is Boardcast News. We're back on track with our every other episode with uh, with the news. So, we have some stuff to start off with pertaining to us, Tiff. I wanted to throw out a little bit of league news. A big thank you. Uh, we got a lot of good feedback on our yearbook episodes. That's nice to hear. Yeah. They had, they, the royal they had some comments on our best theme category which i think were fair i think we've heard that loud and clear we had a little bit of a spat over what best theme meant and i think a lot of the listeners agree with you tiff that it should have just been theme is theme and stop thinking about gameplay and star wars should have been kicked out i'm usually right so who can say good job fans (laughs) we also had a couple of nice contributions uh on twitter and over on the guild Number 2077, uh, a couple of games that we forgot that we omitted, uh, including World's Fair 1893, Valeria Card Kingdoms. Uh, unfortunately, although I love the Fleeples, my good buddies, uh, Back to the Future Adventure Through Time was uh, one of Matt Wolf's kind of disappointment games, and I think that, that would have been fair probably to include. That's It's funny because I actually am in the process of maybe making a video about that game Yeah. and my disappointment regarding oh. it. Sorry, guys. Well, we're going to talk uh, about one of their games later that I'm excited for, so it's okay. Oh, good. We'll bounce it out. We'll offset it. (laughs) And uh, apparently, so Terraforming Mars was a game that we talked about a lot, but apparently it has some really nice mechanisms that unfortunately Dan didn't kind of let us in on because I still haven't played it. I played it once. Well, apparently some of the end game mechanics are really interesting. Would you agree? Can you remember? By the time we got to the end, it was a while ago. It's true. I don't remember yeah. games the way you and Dan do. Like, I don't remember details as well. At all? I don't know why. At all. No. I don't know if the if anybody's noticed that, but I'm like, the thing and the stuff, I don't know. But uh, I think by the time we got to the end of the game, I was so sick of it, I didn't really care about it. So. Yeah. All right. That's Sorry. Fair. Well, some people liked it, and I acknowledge them. A lot of good suggestions. If you have other ideas on games that should have been nominated for certain categories. If you listen to the yearbook episodes, there is a guild post over on the BGG Guild. Join in the conversation. Let us know. I've, I've been having a lot of fun reading them, and a lot of people seem to like the format. So we will definitely be... I think we like the format, too. We'll definitely be sticking with that moving forward. So enough talking about ourselves and our own content. Let's talk about ourselves and our own content. The first piece <laughs> of hobby news is that the Golden Geek nominations are up. It's that exciting time again. You guys should nominate us. I mean, I it was very serendipitous. I texted you and Dan Tiff. We uh we tried to shoot this episode 
over the weekend and because real life happens and I just moved and couldn't find any of my gear, uh, it didn't happen. We didn't get that recorded <laughs> on Sunday. But yesterday, the nominations went up. So actually, we get to include it. We're like right on the ground floor of the nomination process. So this is good. <laughs> We're at the bleeding edge. It's yeah, good. the bleeding edge of the nomination pro- uh, process. We would love, to, uh, it feels weird to pander and try and you know, talk about ourselves. We yeah, would really like it if, if you nominated us. I'm okay us. to pander. Go ahead, Tiff. You should nominate us. I mean, you're listening to this. You've made it this far. <laughs> You've <laughs> potentially listened to 61 regular episodes and almost 120 overall episodes. It's a lot of content. We really like producing it. And we, other than, you know, our wonderful sponsor, Tasty Minstrel Games, we don't, you know, reap a lot of benefits monetarily or physically from this. We really do do it because we like the content, we like making it, and we like interacting with you guys, the listeners. So, you know, throwing us a nomination is a way to say, hey, you're all right. Keep doing what you guys do. So, okay, now if you, you want, stop. now it's getting yeah, weird. Sorry, sorry. If you want to nominate us or any of the other wonderful media creators out there, you can go over to bgg.com. Under the announcement section, there is the post for the opening of the Golden Geeks. Also, we will have a thread on the BGG Guild that will post a link there if you want to help us out and throw us a nod. We did get nominated, and we're in the running with a lot of other fantastic shows uh, last year. So it, you know, as Dan and I agreed to, and I think Tiff agrees to, it's just nice to be up there with some of these other wonderful media creators and kind of be in the pack, even if we're at the very bottom of that pack. That's okay. We're used to it. It's fine. So... With that aside, we've talked about ourselves enough. Let's talk about the real hard-hitting issues in board game journalism. Tiff, how do you feel about fur? I don't know. How should I feel about it? What's permissible in this day and age? According to PETA, even pretend tiny miniature fur is unacceptable. Come on, PETA. Let's not get crazy. There is a news story out there that apparently PETA, which is the Organization for uh, Animal Rights... It's the ethical treatment of animals. They sent a letter to Games Workshop asking them to consider removing the fur from their games altogether. Their Warhammer games specifically because there is a Warhammer faction, the Space Wolves, that revolve almost entirely around... I mean, they they still wear big, chunky space armor, but they have like furs that adorn and accent their outfits. And uh, it's not real fur. It's plastic. Well, yeah, plastic metal. it's, It's fantasy. It's not a real thing. But according to PETA, fur has no more place in 2017 than it would in the year 40,000. But it's fictional fur. I feel like they, and I apologize if you're a fur or a PETA supporter or a fur, anti-fur person. Um, I This is seems a little silly to me. I, people for the ethical treatment of animals. Like, are, are animals being treated so ethically that PETA has time for this? Yeah, they got nothing else to do. But go there after has games to workshop. be something else someone can do. Now, I don't want to blow it out of proportion. I don't know how fervent they're being about this, but they're definitely... Somebody <laughs> took the time to send an email. Someone got bored at work one day. Yeah. They're like, oh, there's fur in Warhammer. I don't know. Yeah. Is this new? This is news. It's not news. Let's move on to something more importantly. <laughs> Tiff, how far is the drive for you to Philadelphia? I don't know. Too far. Too far? I think well, so. Well, November 17th to 19th has officially been deemed PAX Unplugged Weekend. If you're familiar with the popular video game uh, expo, PAX is, has now spread. I think they have three or four per year. They've got an Eastern one. They've got a Prime. They've got a Western one. All kind, They're all over the place. 
But uh, PAX is primarily a place for board game or video game enthusiasts to go um, and see new things, try out new things. Uh, it's a it's a big convention, you know. Well, apparently the the small board game scene that started with PAX has actually blown up to enough proportion that in Philadelphia this year they are going to have their first ever board game or analog gaming specific convention called PAX Unplugged. And it is really close to where Dan and I live, and that is kind of cool. That's exciting. Yeah. For you. The issue is that it might be, I haven't checked the exact dates, but 17th to 19th is in the range of when BGG Con normally is. Oh, but it's so much closer. Oh, well, yeah. Now, for me, it's perfect. But to have two board game conventions overlap like that, it's tough. Mm. It'll just make it easier for East Coast people to stay on the East Coast. Yeah. I'm I'm excited. I think that more things that are closer to me are, are is exciting because right now the closest thing, you know, Origins isn't that far, but it's still six hours. We have World Board Gaming Championships. There's a couple smaller ones, but this seems like it's going to be pretty big. PAX has a lot of money, a lot of support, and a lot of uh, notoriety behind it. Yeah, that's exciting. I would love to go to a new con, and it's not outside of the realm of possibility that I could go there. Yeah. Well, if this is Maybe. something that might interest some of our listeners, give me a shout because uh, badges go on sale in the spring. I don't know if we'd really be able to swing a media pass towards packs. I don't know how how it'll work, but uh, I feel like if it's reasonable in price and the timing works out, I could shoot up there for a day or a weekend or something like that without any issue. So if this interests some of you other listeners out there, let me know because maybe we can meet up and try out the first year of PAX Unplugged together. Moving forward... An interesting story about Marco-Rama Games. So this is a game story in New Jersey, and this isn't a game store that you should know. They're not terribly notable, you know, outside of their local field. But this is the first story that I've heard about a game store closing due to the Asmodee policies that we've covered previously. Asmodee recently, within the last year, updated their policies to limit online sales of games, Uh, to very particular retailers as they kind of tighten up on their hold on the industry. And this is a game store who did a lot of their business online and have now found themselves in kind of a financial bind because they are no longer allowed to sell online uh, via Asmodee's policies, and they are actually closing down. So our local store has actually vastly supported the Asmodee policies. They feel like it brings people in, it keeps the prices regulated, it really helps out the brick and mortar. But this is kind of one of the few instances that I've heard of it actually negatively impacting a brick and mortar store. I guess because they weren't prominently a brick and mortar store, they were actually an online store. So I don't know, it's interesting. Yep. Weekend record or weekday recordings, you never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> I mean, it is interesting. I I mean, it's it's sad that they had to close, and I mean, Asmodee owns so much now. It's like, well, before maybe you go, oh, I'm not gonna sell Asmodee games then, but geez. But that's that, everything. That's everything now, so that makes it a little complicated. Yeah. Well, either way, I throw it out there, just food for thought, you know, about these policies and kind of how. It was definitely an idea that was supposed to help the stores. You know, sometimes it has the adverse effect, but I guess it's for the reasons that they were expecting the online retailing. So something to consider. Let's talk about something that Tiff really wants to talk about, and that is the game announcements first up from Haba, Rhino Hero Super Battle. Yep. (laughs) 
Oh my god, <laughs> Tiff, how are you not more excited for the <laughs> the super version of your all time favorite dexterity kids game? No, I'm looking at it now. I I'm just now looking at the show notes. You know this. Yes, I know. So I needed a second to open it up. So you hadn't heard about this beforehand? No, I'm a little bit behind on my on my BGG following but yeah no it looks fun like there's like two towers interconnecting and forming a giant super tower so yeah that'll be fun yeah there's actually gonna be be there are battles as they say between the rhino hero giraffe boy big e and bat quinn i'm down for that i i mean this will breathe some new life i think you know rhino hero we've played a lot of that board game club so we need something new i can't believe you would you would dismiss your favorite game a game that you pioneered in this (laughs) hobby it's yeah i mean it's all because of me obviously but (laughs) i think you know it's a game that i use to get kids interested you know but after after the first few plays i found that my board game club kids at least kind of are like okay on to something new so yeah, I'm I think excited that's about fair. this. Yeah, I mean, how many times can you play Rhino Hero in a non-convention setting, I'd say, and and still be entertained? I don't think it's that many. But if I'm battling with Giraffe Boy, it might be completely <laughs> different. You just, just don't know. This is true. Well, <laughs> also on the horizon from Days of Wonder is a little bit more about Yamatai, the new Bruno Cathala title, which is absolutely beautiful. Uh, if you head on over... If it's actually the same article, you can just scroll down. Oh, that makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Well, that is pretty. Yeah, so this will be uh, releasing in May 2017 in the U.S. It'll be 60 bucks. It's very pretty. Uh, you can check out, they have a full preview of Yamatai if you haven't heard about the gameplay. We talked about this way, way, way back uh, when they first announced it and did the preview. Uh, but this is just more details on the game, the price, the release date. Uh, and uh, an example of what the board is going to look. It's going to have a lot of variability and a lot of pretty artwork. So something to consider. I'm sure Dan will get a hold of this at some point because it's Japanese and it just looks too good to pass up. (laughs) So also from Days of Wonder, Quadropolis Public Services is the expansion to Quadropolis. Unfortunately, this game seems to have, to some extent, fallen off the map a little. It It released kind of in the lull of the end of the year last year not the end of the year like the third quarter of last year and it got a little bit of hype a lot of people were enjoying it it's a pretty simple game of kind of tile placement resourcey kind of management it's not really resource management but you know you're moving your meeples around and things like that but they finally have a new expansion coming out so maybe that'll give some new life to quadropolis it did kind of fall under the radar it was on my like must buy list there for a while and then i was just kind of like oh no one's talking about it i guess i don't need it yeah i've seen it on some sale lists and i don't think that's because it's a a bad game i think that it's a lot of fun it's got a really interesting advanced mode that changes up kind of the tile drafting and selection but i guess maybe just the timing and the price point didn't really mix with a lot of people but you can get a hold of it for a pretty reasonable to- uh, price now and definitely worth trying out if you're interested in it. Uh, we have a couple in the collection, though, so I can go without it. Cal mm. will be very upset if I buy more board game shelves. How many do you have? Uh, I went with the old Calax cubes, and all of my big box games fit on 24 cubes, 6 by 4 Wow. And I have to buy another one for all my small games, <laughs> another 2 by 4 
So oh. I'm going to have a bunch of cubes, Tiff. That's a Then we're getting a two by two for the comics. It's a lot of, a lot of cubes. You got, you've got some collections. I, yeah, well, I, and the pop figures are in the attic. They're not coming out right now because there's 120 of those. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, we don't talk to me, Tiff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I need to go with skill-based hobbies where I, I <laughs> get better at things. I just do one thing over and over again and, and get satisfaction from doing better. I don't know. I'm a collector, but you already yeah. knew that. Let's not talk about my vintage toy collection. Oh, that sounds great. I may have picked up a talking elf this week. A talking elf? Alf. Oh, Alf. A-L-F. The, the, yeah, He's an the alien, alien that eats cats. Doesn't have legs. He has legs. Did you see Elf his legs in the legs. show or was he always behind something? Well, I don't know if you actually see him in the show. Maybe like when he's sitting on the couch. I don't I don't remember. I don't remember the games I played last week. Do you think I remember the show <laughs> I watched in 86? I don't think it was so. It a little before my time. <laughs> well, anyway, Sorry. I have a whole story that pertains to this thing, but I finally found one for a not terrible price online and it is now a member of my collection of toys. That's fantastic. Yep. Isn't that just the best? You got a good find. Oh, it's so good. I wish that wasn't my thing, but it's my thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, back on to your other thing, our thing, board games. Uh, Hansim Gluck has a game coming out that will also be released through Z-Man in the U.S. called Valletta, although I'm probably ruining that. Uh, It's a deck building game from Stuff and Dora, and it involves building a city in malta or building buildings in malta and stefandora okay that's a family name we like karuba things like that uh deck building kind of makes tiff turn away yeah that concerns me but i'm willing to give stefandora deck building a, a try this seems and like it looks an interesting really dry <laughs> yeah it looks, it looks really very euro. euroy very euroy uh it's you got an don't interesting see that anymore it's got interesting ideas where you have your hand of cards you can only play a certain number of them you get resources for those you can spend the resources to build buildings euro style and when you build buildings which are actually displayed in this tableau on the game board or not game board like on the game table you actually when you build a building you get a selected card from that building that goes into your hand and it's deck building that way so it's kind of light it's not like ascension it's not legendary or anything like that it's a very euro-y almost yeah it's it's a dry dry way to do it you'd love it tiff (laughs) we'll wait for dan to pick it up yeah it seems pretty cool more details on plan b games and their awesome title uh no (laughs) plan b games and uh, century spice road which we talked about so a few more details have come out because we saw the graphic about the three different century games and we said you know what is going on with this we knew that originally Uh, Emerson Matsuchi had been planning two versions of the same game, one in a fantasy universe and one in kind of like this drier historical trading Spice Road setting. Apparently, when that made its way up the chain through Asmodee, when Asmodee acquired them, uh, they decided, the heads there decided, we don't want to release the same game in two different forms. We don't like this idea. So instead, they reworked the game into three different versions. So it's three different games that are all built on the same mechanisms. And 
they actually will, as we suspected, take place in three different kind of centuries of time. Oh, good. Where Spice Road will be set first, and then you'll move on to Century Eastern Wonders, which is in the 1600s, and then you'll move into Century A New World, uh, which will be in the 1700s. And those games will be coming out once a year from now through 2019. So here's the issue, Tiff. Hmm. If you read the preview, which is up on BoardGameGeek.com, they liken it to our favorite game, Splendor. Oh. In terms of kind of weight and complexity and some of the actions that you're doing. It's a hand management or kind of card management system where you're playing one of very few cards from your hand to do one of a few different actions. Uh, You can kind of gather resources. You can trade those resources in. You can buy new cards and you can complete contracts. But they say it's light and similar in design not design but in kind of gameplay to a splendor does that excite you for three games across three years that all resemble splendor no no i i don't know we'll find out i mean you can take a simple game say your pandemic and uh tweak that or carcassonne i love carcassonne variants so i mean maybe it's fine maybe it's gonna be like a Carcassonne Gold Rush, which I'm very into. So yeah. maybe it could be okay. The thing that would bother me about this one, speaking of collecting, is that when you put all three of these boxes together, it creates this beautiful panorama. Yeah. So once you get into Spice Road, oh, you're buying all those other ones. You've got to. Oh, yeah. And fortunately, at least, unlike Abyss, they're different Genius. games. Genius marketing. So you can have different copies on your shelf and not just have five fish people staring at you. I wasn't expecting it to be Splendor-like, but I think it's a really good idea that they put some variation between the three things. Like three games, three of the same game with different themes. Now they'll be able to sell all three of these games to the same person. Exactly. And you'll get, if you like the system, you'll be more inclined to probably keep buying them and... It'll make it easy. That barrier to entry gets easier. It's like getting a little micro expansion to something like, oh, we know how to play this. Let's see the tweaks and jump back in. Yeah. So I think it's a good move. I don't know about the Splendor business. I And I don't want to, you know, harp too much on it being Splendor because it's just one corollary that's drawn. But in terms of weight and complexity, you know, do I want to own three games that are all revolve around kind of that same area? I don't know. That's something to think about. But, you know. Anyway, we'll see how it comes out. Definitely the first one will be what I want to look into, and that might, you know, guide my future purchasing decisions. Speaking of expansions, Onitama, Sensei's Path from Arcane Wonders has been announced. 16 new cards to throw into Onitama. Awesome abstract game. Cannot wait because this kind of expansion is exactly what the game needs. Throw in a few different movement cards and move on. Don't give me anything crazy. It's an awesome little abstract game. Let's just tweak the fundamental piece and move forward. Also coming from Arcane Wonders is the latest in the Dice Tower Essentials line. It is a reprint of a game called Viral in which you compete with other people to area control and infect different parts of the human body. (laughs) How cool is that? Gross. Slash gross. It's so gross. But a good idea. Unique. It's a unique theme for sure. Oh, we're going to put that on the list next year. (laughs) Let's just add that to the list now, but gross. I don't want to play a game in someone's body. So not quite sure why it's in that Dice Tower Essentials line. I'm not sure what makes this game essential, but we will see as it comes out in the future. All right, bringing back up the Fleeples to have them forgive me for mentioning 
the problems that may exist around may or may not exist around they know back to the future wasteland express delivery service a game that i am super excited about from the art to the design looks awesome it officially Mm -hmm. has a release date may 15th it will be coming our way i'm still deciding whether or not to pre-order it it looks pretty cool i'm i'm anti-pre-ordering now i know you are but i really you know this guy uh, those guys plus but John I do Gilmore. Love those guys. Oh my yeah. god, looks so cool. So I'm really excited about that game. Uh, unfortunately, no pizza delivery in it, which is an absolute shame. But we'll just count that in the expansion. <laughs> and uh, yeah, one, definitely one to look forward to from Pandasaurus. Could easily be a hot title from this year, um, depending on how it goes. Campaign style, you know, kind of play through this crazy Mad Max trucker fantasy. Really cool. There aren't enough Mad Max games. No. Well, you're in luck. How do you feel about Mad Max plus GMT rulebooks, Tiff? Yuck. <laughs> I'll take the Fleeples yeah. over that. Pulling from Anything. the Thunder Alley series, you know, that style of game, GMT yeah. has put Apocalypse Road up on the P500, which is their pre-order system. If it gets 500 pre-orders, it gets made, which is kind of a cool way to do it. Uh, Apocalypse Road is going to be a competitive racing game where your goal is to kind of blow each other up uh, with machine guns and all kinds of things it's almost like a uh, death race kind of deal you know a a demolition derby kind of thing but it's got that weird like borderline historical and (laughs) crazy complex like it's it's a gmt game so it's got this weird backbone in it that's going to make it feel like something very different from like wasteland express yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm looking at the news report and it's just like this hand-drawn track right now. I'm yeah. not, it's hard to get excited about that. But like the idea of Death Race as a game is, I mean, this wouldn't be the first time they try to do that. I have a game that's roughly based on that. It's like Roadkill Rally or something yep. where you try to run yep. over old ladies. It's not very good. But um, I hope someone gets that theme right. That's fun. This is an interesting way for like heavy I say heavier, but it doesn't necessarily Im- imply heavier just because you're playing GMT. But this, like GMT gamers are typically war gamers or historical gamers, and there's a there's an air about the games themselves. This is such an interesting thing to cross this theme there because it it fights that like theme versus mechanics battle. It's very interesting. Anyway, moving forward, two more companies that we're going to talk about some new releases. AEG has announced a slew of stuff, but the ones that stand out. Mystic Veil, Veil of the Wild, another Mystic Veil expansion, and Smash Up Big in Japan, which I actually just gave Smash Up away and all of its expansions, and I'm excited. I'm excited that somebody else is excited for it. How many expansions were you up to? I had most of them. Did you? See, I kind of like stopped. There was a pink one. (laughs) I I think I got that one. I think that was the last, I think... The one before that is where I stopped. I didn't get the sci-fi one, which I I have the sci-fi one. Yeah. I do. So I don't know. I've been debating, like, do I keep plugging away down this path of collecting these? I have the big geeky box. Do you ever play it? I don't play it. I don't. But I maybe should. (laughs) Like, I feel like it would be a good one for board game club. Yeah. I know the kids would get a kick out of that one. But yeah, I... mm. I support I that avenue, but my game group, not a chance. They don't want anything to do with it. And the only thing keeping me going was collecting these expansions. Like, that's what I liked and then realized that I need to stop doing that. But they all fit in that big geeky box. I, I mean, know, it's I'm not sorry. even taking up the space. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well. 
<laughs> All right. Queen Games also released just so many titles. I It might be their entire list for the year. We're not going to worry about them. We're going to worry about two of them. The Roma reprint from Stefan Feld and the 12 Thieves reprint. Both supposed to be really solid titles, both interesting to see coming back. And I don't believe they're going to be kickstarted, so you should be able to just get them, which is cool. Hooray for that. I am all about just buying a game. (laughs) I I skipped over the zombie escape big box, Tiff, so. Zombie escape big box? Yeah. Oh my gosh, there really are. Like, you guys should check out how many games they just There's so many of them. Good grief. All right. Yeah. A couple of apps before... couple of apps before we get into some kickstarter onirum should be coming in app form in some capacity there was a like a teaser image released just app icons and there's three of them that say coming soon they have small world pandemic mr jack which are already out three that are coming soon onirum which is the first of the oniverse games which would be a really cool app to have because it is a solo game don't need any online or anything fancy uh, that would be a cool way to do it vampire the masquerade and mage the ascension which are two titles, Vampire the Masquerade, previously a uh, white wolf, or it's RPG setting of some sort uh, from back in the day, a popular one at that, and Mage the Ascension, I'm not sure what that is, but nobody knows what the two apps are. Hmm. Yeah. They don't know what they are, but they're coming soon, apparently, from Asmodee. So, something to look out for. Additionally, Fire Emblem's Heroes, one that I throw out there, Fire Emblems is a popular video game series in Japan and over here, but it's a turn-based RPG, very board gamey. So the fact that this has now come to a mobile app uh, on all platforms is pretty cool because it's a, like a condensed version of Fire Emblems. Fire Emblems is a game that I follow a lot, you know, on my Nintendo consoles and things like that. So it's cool to have this on your phone if you're into almost like a um, Crossmaster or something like that, like build your little team, move around tactically and beat people up. And then Potion Explosion, five bucks, Potion Potion Explosion is officially out. Uh, Kel very excited for it, although I'm not sure how how fun this would be. I mean, I guess if you can play online, it's kind of cool, but I really like the tactile nature of pulling the things out of the cardboard. Agree 100%. Like, the whole point of the game is to be, like, doing the marbles, right? Yeah, so it's... I don't think I get as much satisfaction out of the phone. It's weird to make an analog game on the tabletop that's based off of a digital system, the Match 3 Bejeweled system, and then to then turn that game back into a digital game? Hey, whatever works. Just However, go play you Candy make Crush, people. Just go play <laughs> Candy Crush. <laughs> no, so that, that is cool that that exists. So that is it for the news. Lots of stuff that I threw in there. Let's go ahead and talk about three quick projects, even though I am very sad, Tiff. I don't think I found anything for you to back. I don't think you did either, just from a cursory glance here. But I don't try me. I don't enjoy many of the projects on Kickstarter right now. Lots of projects up there. There's actually a lot of projects doing really well. I, none of them really tickled my fancy. None of them really grabbed me in a way that I wanted to cover them. Although, feel free to peruse. You know, I just sometimes I just go by most popular. Although I do a lot more vetting for the show. But if you just click on most popular, there's a lot of stuff funding right now and a lot of games that you can get your hands on. Uh, these are three that are actually doing very well. So not a lot of niche titles here, which is probably why Tiff the Hipster Gamer doesn't want to back any of them. Our I first don't want to back is... any of them because I have too many games. But Well, that's on. probably true. The first up is Super Hot the Card Game. Tiff, have you ever heard of Super Hot? Mm-mm. No? I don't Super think so. Super Hot is a video game 
released on PC and Xbox and then into VR platforms like Oculus and such. It is a, a weird game to describe, but essentially I'll give you a tiny bit of theme. Basically, it's a game about being in VR. So sometimes you play it in VR, a game about being in VR. It's kind of weird. In the game, it's very kind of pixelated, a lot of polygonal graphics, very simplistic. The idea of the game is that time stands still unless you're moving. And the whole point is to, in a very kind of dramatic and aesthetically pleasing fashion, move through levels, beat up bad guys, shoot people, and then kind of come out the other end victorious, killing all the the bad guys. But the game only progresses as you move. So if I stand still, nothing happens. If I walk forward, then they walk forward and kind of do their actions. This game is trying to capture that video game in a card game. And apparently it does it very well, which is surprising. It's coming out from Board and Dice. It'll be ending on February 22nd. It has funded, and you only need $15 to give it a whirl. It's primarily a a solo game, but it does have multiplayer up to three players. I know I'm not selling you. I'm sorry. (laughs) You don't have to stare at me. It's okay. (laughs) I'm sure it's great. I am excited about it. It's actually based on the the analog system is based on a previous uh, award winner, a Golden Geek winner a couple of the gaming award winners called Agent Decker. Uh, and so it's got a backbone that's actually been vetted. Uh, the game essentially is a hand management game. You're going to lay out some of your obstacles and things that you can interact onto a timeline. You're going to have some cards in your hand, and they're multi-use cards. You're going to spend cards in your hand to do things in that timeline, but that timeline is also going to advance and do things back to you. So it's got some interesting back and forth Um, I really like the art, even though it's hard to even call it art. It's like bad graphic rendering kind of things. (laughs) Like it's stylized, but it's chunky. No, I think it looks really good. Yeah. It's got a a white box, too. It's it's Spartan, but it it works. It works. I would play this game. I don't know if I would buy it, but I would play it. It's getting a lot of good buzz. I have obviously not played it. There is a print and play available. And you can check out the Kickstarter page if you're interested. But it's got a nice price tag. It's a solo game. I might be giving it a whirl just because I am a big fan of the video game concept, even though I haven't played it. I've admired it from afar, but I can't seem. I don't have any systems that can actually run it. So I do. Well, Richard Ham loves it, so you'll he love does. it too. I he just does. I thought that was funny. That's the first thing you see when you scroll down on the project before any of the other things. It's like Grotto likes it, so so something to check out if you're interested in kind of <laughs> analog versions of video games. Even though we seem to come up with this over and over again, it's not always that great. But uh, this one looks like it could be pretty cool. And there are some other previews out there, so check out the uh, the news and the hype around it. Moving forward, next up is a is a huge project on Kickstarter right now, and one that has been teased for a really long time. It's Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea from Gameling Games. They're finally doing something that's just epic and not tiny. <laughs> Coming from Scott Holmes, this is a 4X game for two to six players that they say plays in two hours, and that is one of its potential... Uh, boons is specifically that it's easy to get into and play in two hours the game will be ending on february 25th on kickstarter and there are so many cost options tiff the base Mm. game is going to run you 60 bucks but if you take a peek you can get let's see i'm peeking you can spend 60 dollars, and it comes with standees you can spend 85 dollars. 
you can spend a hundred dollars. That's going to be your opening level to get actual miniatures. You can spend 110 bucks. You can spend 125 bucks, which will get you pre-painted miniatures. You can spend $140. You can spend $175 all the way up to $220 if you would like the Deluxe Core Plus Plus. Pre-painted minis, a deluxe box, extra factions, more factions, all stretch goals. There's a lot in this game, but it will run you a pretty penny to get all of it. Never again will I back a minis game. (laughs) (laughs) Have I mentioned that I have Cthulhu Wars? You do have Cthulhu Wars. That's, that's, I'm done, but it is a lot. Would you back a standee game? I I have a real tough time with standees. I kind of hate them. Yeah. I I wish someone would invent the standee game that I could get into, but I just aesthetically I'm not into it. They need those RPG standees that we covered that one time that were like clear acrylic and really nicely done. Oh, those were nice. If 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 a game had those standees, I might consider it. Uh, This game seems to be interesting in that it's trying to toe the balance between big 4X and simplicity, which is something that Gamelin in particular tries to do a lot, but a lot of people try to do. Because for some reason, it's kind of like the tiny house movement. We want all this stuff, but packed into a tiny space. You know, you watch those tiny house shows, and the first thing they say is, this is great. Can you make it bigger? Like, <laughs> So why, do we, why don't we just accept that 4X games are big, monstrous things? And why do we keep trying to cram them into smaller things? I don't know. I don't know. It's a conundrum. (laughs) But either way, the gameplay revolves around simplistic action selection where you can take two different kinds of actions. One type of action you take allows other players to follow. Another type of action you take does not allow other players to follow, uh, but gives them some potential extra opportunities. You can take two actions in a round, and then you gather resources and do it all over again. Apparently, it's very conflict-driven, lots of interaction on the board, uh, because you only use certain regions out of the six that are available. Asymmetric in the sense that uh, individual racial powers or military powers based on who you are, and a couple of different ways to win, whether it be to blow someone's thing up or to build certain things, kind of like your economic or military victory, things like that. So it's got all the trappings of 4X. It's in a kind of a generic fantasy setting it's got dwarves and elves and humans and orcs and things like that Uh, but it's got a lot of flash if you're into uh, boards that kind of build upwards it's got a lot of 3d elements yeah that part's pretty cool i'll give it that i like the 3d like tower thingies in it yeah and the 3d ships you got airships and boats and things like that you know the land air and sea get it Yeah, but uh, if I, you're into fantasy, like generic fantasy, this really does have like every little element of it yeah. kind of packed in there. I I don't know where I fall. I mean, this is an an interesting project, definitely ambitious for Gamelin. They're doing something a lot different. Uh, Scott Alm's doing something a lot different. But just knowing, I, I I would be concerned that is this just kind of a basic design that's been put in a bigger package because for the last how many years. This company and Scott Alms have been focusing on tiny things, one-trick ponies kind of thing. And although people like them, does that translate into this big monstrous thing? I don't know. Who knows? It, it could. I don't know anyone that's played it, but... I've seen a lot of reviewers looking at it at Epic Game Night, and uh, Man vs. Meeple has their preview up. I watched that to kind of get a feel for the game. People seem to like it, but I don't know that hey. this has gathered... I mean, it's definitely gathered the funding buzz... 
$252,000, but it hasn't blown up like other, uh, like Cool Mini or Not games or something like that. Yeah, well, it's I think Cool Mini does so well because people know that they're going to be able to deliver what they promise. So this is, like you said, it's outside of what they normally have going on, so maybe people are a little bit timid about it, but... A bold decision to well. offer pre-painted miniatures at certain levels. Yeah, well, I mean, that's cropping up more and more. I think people want those more and more, but... All right, so Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea, check that out. One more project. This is the one that I thought if I was going to get Tiff, this would have done it, but I knew that it wasn't. I thought for sure you would have this food trucks game on here. I, you know which one I'm talking I wasn't about? Truck sure. off? Yeah, I wasn't sure I felt about frenzy? it. Oh, I mean, it looks simple, but I really like that theme. Well, you do just love theme and theme alone. <laughs> Have you I'm read up about it at all? It. I've just glanced through it. I I get emails about Kickstarter things from time to time, and I've roughly read through it. Yeah. But it sounds simple. What's the title again, the full title? Truck Off the Food Truck Frenzy. It's 19 bucks. It's like one of those little games that's like, oh, well, that's that's quirky and maybe worth a try, but I don't know. I, that caught my eye. It caught my I'll eye say as that. Well. I can support that. I just I was in a funk when I was looking through these projects. I just I I didn't like a whole lot that was up there. So that does look cool. Yeah, maybe check that out. That's it has dice and you match up food trucks, different venues, and you try to get a higher payout through your actions. I like just barely glanced over it, but it seems decent. Cool. You know, you're always allowed to bring kickstarter projects to light too i snuck one in it's not just my show it's our show okay well the next one that you have you should talk about because it actually does kind of intrigue me a little bit all right let's see if i can get you it's called subterra it's from inside the box games ending on february 16th it is funded for 27 dollars tiff that's all you need to spend to get the base game <laughs> 51 if you want expansions but that's a little out of your price range <laughs> it's true. If I'm trying to goad you into instantly backing something, 51 is a little uh, a little high. You are trying to collectively escape from a cave. Now, co-op is what I'm worried about. Are you willing to work together to try to escape from a scary cave, Tiff? I love co-op, and The Descent is one of my favorite movies. All right, well, perfect. This is exactly what we got. It's for one to six players working as a team. You've been trapped underground. You have some unique player skills you pick kind of to be a certain survivor and this is actually a survival horror game because within the depths of the cave lie creepy things and terrifying hazards so through a simple kind of action point spending system you can take different actions to move along through the caves or the caverns to discover new things flip out new tiles run into bad guys fight bad guys and try to escape as a team and you have very limited health, so if you take damage from, you know, discovering a flood or a cave-in or a monster, uh, your teammates have to come and help you, and if you wander off too far by yourself, you might die, and that's bad. You don't want to die. Uh, so... Is there a giant pool of blood and corpses tile? can only hope, right? <laughs> All right. It sounds hard. That's good. Yeah, which is that's what you what want you from want your in co-op. a co-op. Yeah, yep. yeah. This is a worldwide project. A lot of people have access to this one. It's not just us in the U.S. Uh, the prices that I gave were U.S. dollar as opposed to, uh, I think it's converted from uh, British pounds. So uh, cost might be a little bit different and might fluctuate between now and then depending uh, on the conversion rate. So just keep an eye on that. 
but it's cool you know it's got a little bit of push your luck it's got a little bit of teamwork and some unique skills like you know pandemic but you're running away from things instead of running toward them yeah $51. No, $27, Tiff. $27. I'm not really a base game oh, backer. My goodness. I don't know if you know this about me. <laughs> I'm a little too good for that. I do like the look of it, you know? I it's kind of like blue, like glow in the darky looking yeah. tiles. I could get down with this. Like right now you could get down with it. I'm not going to back it right. You now, just click the button right now. I'm going to click the remind me button. Okay. That's something. How's that? That's something. What if I tell you about stretch goals? Would that help? Let's see. Try All me. Right. We got matte finished cards. Yeah. They're black core. That's great. No. Okay. Thick I mean, punch I'm, board. I'm glad to hear it. Custom dice. How thick are we talking? Oh, uh, <laughs> let's see. One I and a half a millimeters. millimeters. All right. UV spot finish. Ooh. On the box and on some of the other materials. A new illustrated lining within the box. New art. These are all... Okay. There's so so many of them. Every single card in the game will be black core. Story cards. An organizer in the box. So these are like upgrade. They're not like... It's not adding to the game play. It's just adding to the quality of the components. Yes. That's different i like that you know that's cool i don't cool mind i don't mind goals. it it's a little different like horror meeples okay. horror meeples yeah. and a sticker pack for your colorblind friends you can put stickers on the meeples so they can tell everyone apart i feel like that should have oh. been a lower goal but <laughs> <laughs> All right, only well. if we cross two hundred thousand dollars will we care about people who can't see color sorry i'm still looking at the project <laughs> I think you're hooked. You're almost there. I, I started scrolling and then it got it got weird. It got weird. Oh, I think oh it's supposed God. to get weird. As the deeper you go into this project, the scarier it gets. And now I'm looking at, like I'm looking at a thing. It says dig deeper, and I'm like, yeah, I will. Don't Try mind if me. I do. Thank you, project. Look at, look at all these stretch goals. Yep. Hello, how we doing? Well, that is Subterra. As Tiff is now lost in the depths, she'll never find the pledge button. I can't because finish it's all the, the show. The Just go on without me. <laughs> I think I'm supposed to come save you at that point. I can't get out of this cave. This so. podcasting is a cooperative game, Tiff. <laughs> all right. That's going to be our news. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Tiff, for spending as much time as you could before you got lost in a cave. If you want to find us, <laughs> you can do so. Facebook.com slash League of Nonsensical Gamers. Shoot us an email, podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. Head on over to that BGG Guild number 2077. Join the conversation. We want to hear about your 2016 Nonsensical Yearbook. We want to hear about what projects you're backing. And if you're already over there on Board Game Geek, why not just nominate us for a Golden Geek Award? Just do it. You know you want to. If you're going to do that, please nominate the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. The League of Nonsensical Gamers is on there and should not be. We don't want to split the vote, so don't vote for Why that one. Why can't we just take care of that? I Well, that would be Dan's job, but he's not here right oh. now, is he? Please nominate the podcast if you are so gracious to do so, because the podcast is the actual podcast, not the website who is for some reason listed as a podcast. Podcast of Nonsensical Gamers is the one that you want. You can also find us on Instagram at Nonsensical Gamers or me at Cinnamon Buns if you enjoy the show. Don't even worry about iTunes reviews this week. I'm not asking for them. I want you to nominate Golden Geek. No iTunes reviews. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about this pandering stuff, Tiff. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. 
to be fair and to credit some people very kind words over on the itunes reviews we got a couple more and people have really nice things to say about the show i appreciate it it literally does make me feel good it makes me ready to podcast it makes me feel like we're doing things right you know so i appreciate those comments they were from just from this past january so new listeners popping in thank you guys for leaving those reviews mainly for us you know it's nice of other people reading, but we get some feedback, and that's always cool. If you want to chat with us directly, Twitter is the best place to do that. Tiff, if they want to find you, and they want to see what you're backing, they want to help you get out of the cave, where do they do that? I am at IneptGamer. If you want to chat with Dan or any of the league directly, at League Nonsense or at Scandalous underscore Nad, that is the place to find him. Ask him how Hamilton was, because I forgot to do it. I need to see how that... <laughs> he spent the whole weekend in New York seeing Hamilton. I want to know how it was. If you want to find me, I am at Cinnamon Buns, spelled phonetically. Good luck with that one. Thank you all for joining us for the show. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Tasty Minstrel Games. Check them out at playtmg.com. We will catch you next week for a full episode. Until then, say goodbye, Tiff. Bye. Bye. <laughs>